0: Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. My goodness! I am so excited to announce that of merch, it is my '90s fantasy, and I just have to say thank you to my friend, dear dear friend Lara, who is the second guest ever of my podcast. We just celebrated one year of the podcast. We now have a lovely website. She helped me help computer, uh, and uh, so if you want to live your '90s fantasy, we've got mugs, we've got blankets, we've got fanny packs. We're working on a denim jacket. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So go to please don't kick me shop and buy some merch, y'all. This week's episode features content creator Chelsea Pearl. I'm really excited to share this one. She is one of my first supporters of my podcast and a lovely, lovely human. I hope you enjoy the episode. So let's just hop into it. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Bianca, what's up? Ah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for my listeners to get to know you. Of course, of course, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out. The podcast about imposter syndrome and the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is one of my first supporters of my podcast and someone who is extremely lovely as a human being, Chelsea Pearl. Chelsea, would you like to give your elevator pitch who you are, what you do, et cetera?
1: Thanks so much for having me. Long time listener of the podcast. So, this is like a full circle moment. Um, so, hello to everyone. I'm Chelsea Pearl. I am a San Francisco Bay Area based content creator sharing tips on living large in little ways. So, what does that mean? That is fashion, beauty, travel, wine, pretty much anything that I love that makes me happy. Um, one thing that sets me apart is that, unlike the typical, you know, Instagram model or influencer, I've been like a nerd for websites and blogs for many, many years now. I built websites like doll websites back in the day, <gasps> AOL didn't. hometown. Yeah. It's really oh embarrassing. One day, <laughs> one day I might publicize it. It's really embarrassing though. <laughs> oh my
0: God, it's not embarrassing at all. But
1: keep going. <laughs> um, yeah. And so basically once like the web boom was happening when Twitter and Facebook and MySpace were out, I started blogging. And that's kind of when I was graduating college, started a career in marketing, but on nights and weekends, I was writing about what lit my soul on fire, just things I was passionate about. And really, it goes back to me just Fulfilling um, the needs of my career and my family before myself, and so I really want my blog to be a place for people to, you know, feel inspired to live a larger life, however their budget or schedule allows. Um, one thing um, I sometimes share is that I grew up with a parent with a terminal illness, so it really just changed my outlook on life. Just work hard, be nice to people. You never know what anybody's going through. So like my blog is a safe space to like be extra, be fabulous, live your best life.
0: Okay. First and foremost, I have to thank Chelsea, just like publicly to my listeners, Chelsea po- posted me in a blog roundup, uh, right when this was happening, I'd asked you about it. You were like, yes. Yeah, send the details to my email. And I, of course, imposter syndrome, Bianca didn't want to email you. Cause I was like, Ooh, I don't really know. Like, and so I like asked you to be one of my first guests. And then I had imposter syndrome about it. And I didn't want to contact you about it. Cause I thought you were too cool to be on my podcast. So I didn't ask you. And then you put me in a roundup and I was very inspired, but I still didn't feel like I was worthy of having you on. So of course, to my listeners, we talk about like getting out of your own way a lot on this podcast. We talk about like getting out of your own headspace. but what I love about Chelsea and I followed her, I followed you for about two, probably going on three years now. I want to say like at least two.
1: Yeah, definitely. And what I
0: love about Chelsea is that Chelsea's easily obtainable and she's creating content for anyone meaning it's a low barrier to entry it's not just like a ooh check out this thing that i never vetted myself you personally vet anything that you advertise you believe in whatever products you're talking about and your blog is easily obtainable for anyone to digest the content whether it be okay you can't afford this wine, but here's a budget friendly one or like just the things that you do. So I deeply appreciate that. And then before we pressed record, we were talking about just our parents. Like if if they ever knew like what we did on the internet, they would be very mad at us when we were kids, <laughs> not that we were doing bad things, but just like, uh, just you and I were nerds, right? Like I was, mm-hmm. I, I, I took web design class. I, I not so much anymore. I'm great at like web design. However, I was in, like super coded my, my page and made sure that like my, I would make websites. I was part of websites. Um, and I would used to like, do just like, small time websites, you did the doll thing. When yep. I was like 11, I was all about that shit. I was, I was making dolls all day. Dragging oh, I out, had,
1: girl. I had banner ads on my doll website when I was a teenager. So I was getting like a dollar, $2 a day on that. It was amazing. And also same thing. I took graphic design in high school. I think I took a Photoshop class and I was also in a uh, C++ and Java class where I was the only female. Um, I didn't do very well because I had a crush on a boy that drove a motorcycle, but that's oh, a story no. for a different day.
0: <laughs> oh, didn't we all? We had a crush on someone that just did something like just did stupid. something <laughs> reckless and stupid. I just saw a TikTok actually that cracked me up where it was like, uh, it was a girl and she was talking. She's like, ooh, like college degree, like set, set in their career, whatever. And then she's like, ooh. And then she's like freaking out. She's like, five nine skater boy with drug addiction. And then she's like all excited about it. And I was like, oh God, if that wasn't me in my 20s. Because I think we always, we always were like, oh, no, you're safe. No, like, we'll go for, like, we'll go for the not safe option. Although I, fi- I finally did pick a safe option, which I wouldn't have normally picked. But um, my husband's always always listening to this podcast and just probably, you know, putting his head in his palms and be like, why, babe? <laughs> Don't talk about me. Um, but you and I, of course, I think we met through, I want to say we met through maybe a sleigh babe or some kind of group. Um, uh, but I think we were like in a follow loop or something back in the day. And then we just kind of, you just kind of resurfaced like when the pandemic hit, cause I knew I was following you, but I started to really engage with your content. And then I've just kind of like kept you on my radar the whole, the whole year. And I, I have to say that I know the pandemic has been hard for everyone, but I think you've been really handling it at least outwardly in a really good way.
1: So, I've been trying to just opening yeah. that dialogue with like mental health and you know just dealing with what we're going through right now like it's not a linear yeah. <laughs> process. Some days you might feel like despair and hopelessness and yeah but other days yeah. you might be thriving and doing great and just that looks different for everybody. Uh, it does. You know. It so does. I want to like let people know this is a safe space and you you know if you need someone to talk to I am here. And I've also been trying to share like helpful, constructive tips and ideas for things to do, um, to feed that creativity or maybe that inner person that needs a little extra attention right now. Yeah.
0: And then you and I really connected because you went through a very personal, but very, you were very vulnerable and personal, but also like, you shared your journey with it. You went through breast reduction surgery last year, which you were finding like so many dead ends with it. And like, you were having a hard time with it. And I had a friend that just recently also went through breast reduction. So I, I think she went through it maybe a couple months before you. And so I was telling you about it. And that's really when we really super connected. And, um, and then also on top of that, like I'm a person who's very outspoken about not wanting children, Um, and actually, so pause for a sec. I just, today, my husband's in port. Um, and when, when this releases, he won't be in port. He'll probably be almost home. Who knows? But my husband just, um, he's been trying to get a vasectomy this entire deployment and they were giving vasectomies out to people who had children. And because I don't want children, but also like they've heard in the past, like, we'll give a vasectomy, but they still get pregnant. The big Navy came down and said, no, you can't have that elective surgery. And wow. I'm kind of low-key fucking pissed about it. To be yeah. honest, I'm pissed yeah. off. Like, I'm super pissed. Yeah. Like, I've never wanted kids. I've never seen it for myself. And I definitely, like, I, I, I get, like, people are like, you'd be such a great mom. You'd be such a thug- yeah. great mom. I am like, yeah, I would be a great mom, <laughs> but I don't want it. So, right. Right. <laughs> and, and so he was trying to get it like, because I'm still going to stay on birth control because periods are light. And also I like to be regulated in hormones, but it's just the matter of like, I, we just wanted one more safety feature. So I'm not the whole person carrying the load of the birth control. And yeah. also like, we just don't want it. And so Scott was saying, it's not, it's not discriminatory. He's like, it's not discriminatory. They were giving them, they were doing them. And then they got in trouble for doing them. And then they strung me along the whole time. And it's not, it's not really, but I'm like, no, I'm taking it as I don't want kids. So fuck me.
1: Yeah, and that's just <laughs> one yet, you know, it's just one more example of systemic yep. patriarchy in the healthcare uh, field. Like, same thing goes for the flip side of things. If a woman wants to get her tubes tied, um, mm-hmm. you can look up online and just read through different people's experience, whether they're married, unmarried, divorced, whatever it might be, depending on their age. Oftentimes, they are told no multiple times. And the same thing with breast reduction surgery, you know, it is considered a cosmetic procedure. <laughs> you know, because having large breasts is a desirable societal, you know, norm. It is ex- socially, you know, a preferred look. But mm-hmm. it's like no, not when that's causing you chronic back pain exactly. and serious issues, and you have to go to PT multiple times a week. Even though you're a healthy twenty-something exercising, going to freaking Barry's boot camp five days a week, Ugh. you're in agony all the time. I can't even walk, you know, half a mile with having to sit down and take a break because I have a chronic stabbing pain in my left scapula because I'm two cup sizes larger on the left. You know, yeah, oh, I gosh. was developing yeah. almost a hunchback. It was, oh. it was like, it was like, are, are you guys taking me seriously? So what I had to end up doing is trying different um, insurance plans. And since I'm self-employed um, my, you know, I'm, it's a little bit easier for me to do such a thing, but man, I got so many no's before I got a yes. And this is just getting the surgery covered through health insurance, just to clarify for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, of course you can pay for this surgery out of pocket and you can go to whatever surgeon you want, but it's very uh, expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I called so many places and asked, you know, what their insurance policy was. And I got so many no's and it, it costs on average, like up to, here in the Bay area. So people even go overseas to like, just get rid of their pain, which is like something that the medical system should just figure out. And also on the flip side, if you live in countries, I did a ton of research. If you live in countries with like a more universal healthcare, such as the United Kingdom or Canada, if you need the surgery there, yes, you can get it. But sometimes you're put on a wait list of one to four or five years. So yeah. it's not all easy if you live in another country. So there's just so many ins and outs. And I yeah. feel like uh, when you offered up your friend, uh, you know, to send her a message and ask her questions, I was like, wow, like this is someone looking out for me. Like, this is awesome. And yeah. I just felt like this is definitely something I have to document for my blog because I would be lost. I would still be lost if oh, I yeah. didn't have people sharing their personal stories online.
0: Well, that's, that's kind of like, unfortunately and not to talk gender. Cause I know like a lot of my listeners are not female or female identifying, but like, to my listeners who are females, like, it's like, we have to look out for ourselves, unfortunately, especially when we are quote unquote, like not the traditional, like we want to do things outside of the quote unquote norm. Right. So it's like, okay, like I want to do this breast reduction surgery, but like, everyone's telling me no. And I, I have to figure out like, what do I do? I advocate. And on the child-free side, like I used to be part of the child-free group on Reddit. I don't, I don't have Reddit anymore. Cause it was just too draining. Everyone I'm would- in that
1: too. <laughs> oh, you are? No <laughs> Yes. Way. Okay. So
0: I've been in there and like, I remember like child-free for child-free, like back when I was single, never worked out. They were always fucking duds. Um, but, uh, but like the, I read all the things. So it's like, I want to get my tubes tied. Like no one's like listening to me. I want to get my vasectomy. No one's listening to me. Like, I want to like do this and that no one's listening to me. And it's like, unfortunately like with the way our healthcare system is like we have to like we you have to there's a certain point where you have to advocate for yourself when it's like it's elective and that is why it's important to document it so I'm really glad that you've done that because I think you're going to be helping out people who need that in the future which oh my gosh
1: yeah and like it's just an isolating experience because you know I don't know many people who have gone through this and yes you have to be your own advocate for your own health and don't stop at the answer no and yes like I get dms and messages private messages every single day from people saying, thank you for being so open and uh, honest with how your recovery has been, even just the research and scheduling and consultations. uh, It's really helped me in my journey. So that's when I know, like I did a a good job on that. And I don't care if it gets me millions of subscribers or views or anything like that. Like it's more the stories of hearing how my content impacts other people's lives.
0: Which, which I always feel for me, like with my podcast, I always feel really good. Like you were probably the first person that like advocated for me. Like you're like, look at this roundup of people. I was like, she's not listening to it. Like in my head, it's like, oh my know. God, no, but you are. But, but like I, you were one of the first people to like, be like very advocating, like for me in my podcast and like listen to this podcast, like be part of it. And so like, as a content creator, like those things, when people tell you like, Hey, like, at least for me as a content creator, uh, like this really changed my life, or it helped me, or it, or it helped me feel better, or it got me into therapy, or I realized I have ADHD, and I went and I talked to a doctor, and now I'm diagnosed. Like those things have been really helpful, but they they, they feel they feel like warm fuzzies when people like tell me that because I'm like, oh okay, like me being vulnerable, me putting myself out there, me creating this content, <clears throat> which I didn't think anyone would ever interact with, like that equals someone resonating with it which is really why I created it in the first place and so like I love that and I'm glad that people are finding this helpful because I think like e- if, if anyone ever came to me and they're like I want to do breast reduction surgery I want to do this that and the other I would send them your blog and I would say get in touch with Chelsea because I I read what you wrote and your experience and everything and I think it's just good that you that you documented it, you didn't have to do it, but you did, and you have probably helped so many people just feel better. And so I'm really happy about that. So I'm glad it's helping people.
1: Thank you. And everything happens for a reason, right? Like I, I feel like I went through all those trials and tribulations, and now that it's done, I'm like, I need to be a resource to help others.
0: Absolutely. And like it's funny because I, it's we're coming up on like, a, a, well, actually, it's a year now. We're coming up on a year of everything in our lives changing so drastically. And like, I look at my memories and I'm like, oh bitch, you didn't know what was going to happen. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and I got laid off and my husband was gone mm. and I, I've already, I've gone past that hump. In fact, like this week of this podcast releasing is my one year anniversary. So we're record. I don't normally say when we're co- recording, just so you guys know it's Tuesday, March 23rd. This was the week that I started my podcast of last year. And I didn't know what I was doing and I had no idea. And I just released it because I was like, well, let's go and like, let's try it. And I was like, if I don't get out of my own head now, I'm never going to like get out of my own way. So I did it. But it's interesting to kind of see like where the company that laid me off, like where they're at, they're not in a cute space. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Oopsies. You laid off the wrong person. You're not working there. (laughs) No, exactly. Bye. Um, But also it's funny because it's like every week I revisit that trauma, like of being laid off and like my worst fear happening. but I am at a point I don't think I was at first when I started this podcast, but I'm at a point now where I'm so internally grateful because I wake every I wake up every day like I'm going through a deployment, my husband's gone, it's a pandemic. And I'm doing all these things by myself. Like I'm a stronger person because of it. And I'm meeting people around the world that are enriching my life in so many ways. And I am now half vaccinated, about to be fully vaccinated. So it's like, I am going through this in a weird way and whatever way it is, but I'm trying my best. And for some reason people resonated with it. And it's like, at first I did this as a portfolio. I was like, this is going to be a portfolio of the pandemic. And now it's like, this is what I do like this is what I do. And I love creating content. So it's nice to connect with someone who also equally sees content as a way to kind of connect and, um, equalize and bring people together. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast is really what it's resonating too. And, and I want to hop on into it. So let's go with the first question. Do you feel like you have it all figured out? No, no,
1: no, no. <laughs>
0: I think you guys saw that coming. Oh, no one does.
1: That's fine. Um, you know, I don't think we'll ever have it all figured out, but I am hopeful and confident that I'm resourceful enough and I can figure it out as I go. So it's like, I just do things until I don't suck at them. And that's kind of just my mantra of everyday life.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, I think also like, um, as a content creator specifically, and you can probably relate to this, Bianca, like um, at least for me, like my persona, like who I am is so closely tied to my worth for companies that want to sponsor me or work with me. Um, It's just, it's hard to separate your value as a human, as a as from your value as a business, sometimes as sad and pathetic as that sounds, um, I think content creators, if you're going, you know, going through this and it's a hard pill to swallow, you really have to separate um, your ego you know, from the equation. So if somebody tells you like, no, no, thanks. We don't want to work with you. Or we've decided to go a different direction or with another creator. It's not a no to you. It's a no to your business. Um, and I, that was like a big learning for me. And I feel like ever since I've flipped that script in my mind, I have less of those negative spiraling thoughts and less often.
0: Yeah. Um, I definitely kind of relate to that because it's hard sometimes for me as a content creator to like look at my podcast and like look at other people's podcasts and their sponsorships and it is a hard pill to swallow when they go like ah oh, probably not brand aligning like whatever um, but it's it's hard to separate your worth at times so I definitely can agree with that it makes a hundred percent sense. But also like overcoming that, like being strong enough to overcome that, that like, even though like, this is what you do full time, like it's not like the end all be all, like you're still a person, you're still worthy, even though some swimsuit brand didn't want to like sponsor you. It's like, okay, cool. But it's hard because being an influencer, putting yourself out there like that, and also like relying on sponsorships, like it puts you in a very vulnerable position. If you're not strong enough to like handle that, it can really crumble people. And I've seen it happen. Um, And it's hard to kind of watch that.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. And like, even just with the pandemic and advertising budgets being paused or completely stripped back, it left a lot of people really in a not so good place myself included. I mean, prior to 2020, I would say 80% of my income was from sponsorships. So it's not a good place to be. And you really want to diversify your income streams. If you're any type of um, freelancer or person in the, w- the creator economy, right? Like, Anybody who's doing content online, you want to make sure that you're set up for success and your business is just not left high and dry when you know shit hits the fan. <laughs> and also, like it's it's even though things are getting better now and things are reopening and advertising budgets are coming back, you know Q1 is always really slow because it fall we follow the retail calendar. Um, brands want to advertise around the holidays when spending is high, so you're getting those deals around September, October, and really your calendar is typically pretty busy at that time. Q1 is really slow, but every day, you know, somebody tells me they they want me to work for free. And it's like the mm. nightmare, it's reliving the nightmare of graduating during the 2009 economic recession, because I was qualified, you know, I got my bachelor's degree, uh, BS, concentration in marketing, business major, right? I was ready. But Companies only wanted to have me. They would interview me and say they love me, but they only wanted to have me on as an unpaid intern. Oh, and as this person, like living, first of all, San Francisco Bay Area has always been expensive. Living in the most, one of the most expensive metros in, in the state, in the country. And then also uh, having student loans, like you don't want to pay me. I'm pretty sure unpaid internships are illegal now. <laughs> they just, that stuff can't fly anymore. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So I just, I just really think that, you know, the landscape's always changing, right? For creators or anybody in a creative field, um, you're never going to really have it all figured out because it's changing all the time.
0: Oh, absolutely. And for me, like I graduated in 2010, I was supposed to graduate in 2011, but I I, I graduated a semester early because I did um, summer school and whatnot. So I graduated with exactly 120 credits one semester early. And for me, like, I definitely like fell into that internship rut where it was like, oh yeah, like we'll give you an internship and see if it like shakes out. So finally, like it was, it was 2011. So it was like around the time of like hire me campaigns. So I did a hire me campaign. Cause I saw social or I saw Chipotle which is headquartered in Denver was hiring for a social media coordinator. And I was like, oh yeah, that's me. That's my bread and butter. That's what I just interned in. That's what I fucking specialized in. Like I'm doing it. So I created a hire me campaign called like we'll work for guacamole. And I created this big buzz, like this media buzz about it, which wasn't, it it didn't get like on a TV stations or anything like that, but I was getting picked up by blogs and I was basically in the way and they didn't want to interview me. They basically sent me like a, not necessarily a cease and desist, but they sent me like a, Hey, like we're, we're moving forward with other candidates and we're probably not going to give you like an interview. Wow. But someone, yeah. So I don't eat at Chipotle. Fuck you, Chipotle. (laughs) I'm not a fan either. Oh, they're not great. Um, Bye. Cause I used to love them and now I'm like, Mm-mm, you didn't hire me. So go away. Uh, but, uh, so, and then I, am very like, I just, they, they're, they have an eye palette now and I'm like, get, get out of here, get out of here. Your, your first mistake was never hiring me. Thanks. Yeah.
1: But, now they're hungry for the publicity. Right. Not when it was from you though,
0: but, but Taco Bell noticed. Oh yeah. And I was in, I was dating a dud, a super asshole dud, and, and I I didn't take it because they offered me a social media job and then they rescinded it into an internship, but it was going to be in um, Irvine, California, which mm-hmm. is which is about two hours north of me now, and uh, and my parents were like, we're not helping you to move out there to Irvine, really, because my dad used to go on business trips to Irvine all the time because that's like where a lot of tech and stuff was when he mm-hmm. was working for IBM. And they were like we're not helping you do that and also my boyfriend was like i'll break up with you so I didn't take that opportunity and um just i mean I, I don't regret it because like my career had to go the, my, the way my career had to go but also like i think back and i'm like like why was everything always a job offer and then rescinded to an internship every time mm-hmm. it was like this is only cognitive like it's only something that like people find like Clarity in if they were our age group. right I feel like this graduating is just, into is this it.
1: The twilight's when I explain this to other people and they're like, that didn't happen. I'm like, no, this is a solid few years post-grad. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: you it was like just after the recession, so to speak, and you didn't you did not get paid for internships. And I interned I interned twice, and the second one turned into a job. And then I had issues at that job because it just didn't go well, and my boss was an asshole. Mike. Um, and I ended up having to like find another job cause he was just awful. And, and so I, I, moved on, but yeah. So,
1: Oh my God. And from that era, I had an interview at a very big film studio that is part of the, the mouse family, let's just say. Uh-huh. And, uh, the, I got to like the third round of interviews. I went to their headquarters. I like fangirled. Um, there were storyboards all over the conference room where I was interviewed and the job. Oh my God. It was I mean, like, I didn't get hired, but the the compensation package was embarrassing, like no benefits, it paid below, um, let's just say, like, below the livable wage um, for living in that area, and Mm -hmm. you'd have to... Uh, yeah, no benefits. And then I think it was like contract 50 hours a week or something. And they basically explained during the interview, you'd have to be at the beck and call of a higher up and get them ice cream when they wanted to get ice cream or, you know, just kind of stay one step ahead of their needs. And I was like, no, I, I am not here for this. I will respectfully decline. Thank you for the opportunity, but I'm out. And I, I never wanted to interview with that company again.
0: But that's like, that's the thing is like, wh- they don't teach you in college. is like, here's how to write your resume. They also don't teach you like, here's how to know that you're being taken advantage of. They don't have yeah,
1: negotiation, like negotiation, come on. And there is
0: no negotiation, unfortunately for women. And I hate this. I don't like talking about this on my podcast being like, it's women versus men, but really truly like a man asks for his worth and you don't bet an eye, and I ask for my worth and you go, mm, and then I go, okay, well just kidding. I will take the minimum.
1: Yeah. I'm like so this- hard up for a job. Yeah. This was a company that like, you know, they have a cafeteria, they spend money on, on frivolous things. And it's like, if you don't compensate your, your employees fairly, it's just like, that's just like a toxic environment from day one. Like, I just don't, I'm not interested.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. So I'm just going to ask the question outright. I love to define it. I love every guest defines it differently. So do you feel like you fit in or suffer from an imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you?
1: Uh, A one million percent feel the (laughs) imposter syndrome um, often, and to me it means basically you're just you're in the club, but like you're really not supposed to be there. Like it's kind of a miracle that you got in. You knew somebody who knew somebody who got you in. Maybe it's like you're in the club, but you have a fake ID, or maybe it's like uh, you're on the panel for some event, and you know you're a speaker, or like even me here today as a guest. It's like wow. I don't think she really knows that I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> so that's kind of what it belongs to. I mean, like what it really, uh, you know, boils down to. And I feel like, uh, other people maybe feel the same way. We're all just not talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it's kind of like that sore thumb mentality. And this podcast came to be like one year ago when I was like every single day, I was like, when the fuck is my boss just like going to come in here and be like, uh, ah, jigs up. Bye-bye like you got to go. Uh, it never happened. And then I got laid off. Um, actually I got laid off after asking for my worth and then the pandemic hit and he was like, oops, marketing, bye-bye and got rid of me, which is, you know what you're a lost buddy. But, uh, regardless, um, I, you know, I think like for me, it's like, I, I I feel the same way. It's like, it's like even like it's funny because we were talking about this before we even hit record that I had imposter syndrome about like asking you to be on the podcast. Cause I was like, it's not good enough. Like she's too cool. Like I can't like, and then you felt like this coming yeah, out. I've only podcast, done even- one
1: interview before and I'm just like, <laughs> Oh God, she really doesn't know that. I really don't know what I'm doing.
0: Oh, and, but the thing is, is no one knows what they're doing. No one has it figured out. And if you do, you're a serial killer. Like, no, like,
1: right. Actually, I was talking to my friend last week, telling her about this podcast. She works in the wine field. She's kind of taking over her parents' wine business. And she's like, I feel like that every day. She's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm like, you're educated and experienced and you grew up on the vineyard, but still like she's killing it. And she still admits that she doesn't know.
0: I think, it, I think if we didn't have some kind of humble check, then we'd just be like complete a-holes. So like, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, are you a good person check? Because yes. if you don't feel it, then you're probably egotistical or narcissistic in some way. And then like, I got to steer clear from you. like, oh yeah. My therapist will tell me not to hang out with you. Like that's right. not good.
1: <laughs> and I feel like I can think of so many of those guru types, like, especially with that new clubhouse app, like, uh uh-huh. I have to distance myself from some people on there. Cause it's okay. like, they're yeah. talking about themselves and I'm like, I know that they really don't know what the heck they're talking about. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. So yesterday, my friend, Mike Valdez, who's been a podcast guest, I was on his podcast. It's called child like at best. He's amazing. He's a, he's a lovely human actor, comedian, extraordinaire. He's a great guy. Um, I just had him on a couple weeks ago and uh, of us recording this and he sent me a clubhouse and I, I didn't really understand clubhouse. It was kind of like TikTok. I was like, what's a talk tick? I don't really, what? And now <laughs> I, I'm, I use TikTok all the time and I'm, my content's like low grade popular. It's, Oh, weird. come
1: on. Yeah. You're killing yeah, like, it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm
0: doing. I don't know. I, but the, the, the thing is, is like, especially with podcasting and TikTok, it's like, you just keep creating. And then eventually it just like kind of sticks. Um, so he sent me this po- I was on the bike yesterday and he, and it was, and I had my, uh, my real, my, my friend, that's like a realtor slash management. She was coming over to like do comps in my house. So we can get it rented because we're moving to Hawaii. So I'm on the bike and he texts me this clubhouse app. Like, link, and I'm so I get into this clubhouse, and it was like talking about imposter syndrome. And uh, they were not saying anything that I've never said, and they were like, Oh, like, master your mind and marketing. Be, 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 be. And, like, you, I'm like, I can see through your fucking bullshit. First of all, mm-hmm. second of all, like, I've had a podcast about this for a fucking year, so why am I not asked to be on the panel? Right, third of all she's like, reach out to me. My DMs are always open. So I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, like I caught the tail end of this. Like I have a podcast about imposter syndrome, blah, blah, blah. Here you go. Here's the link. Check it out. Let me know if you ever want to be a guest. And I was like, I'll check your podcast out as well. And she was like, yeah, I'd love to be a guest, but like, didn't like tell me she'd listened to it or resonated with it at all. And I just fucking did not respond. Yeah. I am not with you. Sorry. The bare
1: minimum. <laughs> like, like, first of all, you can just tell. Like,
0: like, well, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's my thing. It's like, you're not an expert on anything. Like, and you're talking about imposter syndrome. Like I, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm just saying like, I've been doing this for a year and I have a lot of skin in the game. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you that like, hi, you overstepped not knowing that I existed. Yeah. Yeah and I'm not trying to be an a-hole. I was just trying to like, be like really nice. And I thought she would resonate with it more and she didn't. And that's like the thing that pisses me off the most being a podcaster. It's like, if I ask you to be on my podcast and you say like, I'm not interesting, I leave you alone. I'm like, okay, well that's, that's your thing. If I ask you me, if you asked to be on my podcast and you get upset that I, then you're now chasing me, I don't want you. Right. I'm at a place where I don't need you. So right. So I'm just leaving her on red, whatever the hell her name is, Um, because actually that kind of like really rubbed me wrong. Start your
1: own room on Clubhouse. I I think I need to.
0: Yeah, we can can start our own room. We can talk about like content creation and like just like creating for like whatever we want to create with. And to my listeners, um, Clubhouse is weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like an audio forum, right? Like it's kind of like Reddit, like there are rooms and there's a, a stage around a discussion of a certain topic and they can be within clubs and you can have speakers and you can raise your hand if you're in the audience. So it's kind of like a a big conference call, if you will.
0: Yeah. Like I did, I did one with Mike. Mike did one about like, uh, Okay, so this is this is the kind of clubhouses that I want to join is Disney versus Nickelodeon. And we just talked about like what channels well, that's are we here for what like, yeah, it was fun. And then I joined, um, he sent me a comedy one because he does comedy. He sent me a comedy one that had Mark Summers from uh Oh Double my god, and all that. Yes. And yeah, and we got to talk to Mark Summers. Like that was so cool. And it's like that's cool, but not you with your imposter syndrome bullshit, like let's let's scam people to get like your marketing going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people just, uh, shamelessly self-promoting. And of course I know she's
0: not listening to my podcast, so (laughs) I'm just going to talk all the shit I want. Bye. Um, just kidding. I'm, I'm truly like, if she is listening, hi, meat, kettle, meat pot, like (laughs) Jesus. but, uh, okay. So to go into imposter syndrome again, like, I, I think like we can all feel it as content creators. Like it's hard. It's, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good because you, you start to like compare your content to others. And like, for me as a podcaster, like when someone tells me I've got like 10,000 streams, I'm like, I literally have 5,000 streams like in total in a year. But I'm, I have to remind myself, I'm one person doing all of it. Yes. scheduling and me, it, interviewing it, doing and it. And yeah. people
1: who don't create podcasts have no idea of that scale. Right. Like, so to an outside person, they have no idea, but yes, I do the same thing. Right. Like I first think like, Oh my God, I've been doing this 10 or more years longer than this other person. Like, why did they get that opportunity and not me? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just like bad self-talk, bad self-thoughts. Um, you'll you'll always feel like you're never enough with those kind of thoughts. It's just it's it's an a not very measurable, like it's not a measurable finish line to reach, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it's like again, you're only ever seeing people's highlight reel. like they might be lying about their numbers or they might be like just putting on a facade. And so I constantly have to remind myself like it doesn't matter who else is doing what they're doing. I'm doing the best I can with what I've been given and I'm just trying my hardest. Like I didn't have a website until like maybe two weeks ago, because anchor was like, do you want a website? And I was like, Oh, probably need one of those. Don't I might as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, and I, I got a new logo. Cause I was like, I might as well just buy a new logo just so I could be like, ready to go figuring it out. But, but I mean, it's, it's just like, I always have to remind myself, I can't even in life, can't compare myself to others. Like I can't, you know, sit there and be sad that things aren't happening the way I want them to. I have to manifest them and I have to do them myself. And I'm the kind of person that has to go through it on my own as well. So I have to just do it myself so I can feel like I've done it. Right. Otherwise I didn't earn it.
1: Yep. So And like, that's why I always say like, you have to learn by doing like, um, I hear so many people like, say like, Oh, I'd love to do a YouTube channel. And it's like, well,
0: just, just do, do it. it
1: like just do it. Like my first, I have over 500 videos on my YouTube channel. Do I have a ton of subscribers? No, I have a small community, but I have some videos that have upwards of a hundred thousand views and they've reached people and changed their life, hopefully in a positive way, or they've taught them to do something new. It's, it's not about like, nobody is guaranteed an audience. You don't deserve an audience on day one. You have to like do the work. Like there's just no shortcut, you know? Um, and you know, as a creator, like the metrics and the followers and the traffic, like it can become an addiction. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you'll be looking every single day, you'll be staying up late at night. Um, a lot of people want to growth hack their way to success, but like, you can't, do really, that. you can't, you literally can't. There's people that, you know, they do all these loop giveaways buy followers. Like it's just it's never going to end out well for you.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Like that is a point too. It's like to my listeners, if you're trying to like buy followers, do like this loop gang, like they will shadow man you. (laughs) Like it's not like they will punish you for cutting corners. And so it's kind of like something I've had to teach myself as a person that's like, okay, well you have like this many followers. So then like, if you share my podcast, I'll get, I had to remind myself that like a lot of your followers are fake and they're not going to put my podcast where it needs to be. The only people that are going to resonate with it are genuine people who have genuine followers like me. Yeah. Like, I don't know why 1200 people follow my personal account and why 1100 people follow my dog. And I don't understand why 500 people follow my podcast on Instagram, but they do. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like, cool. Like, Hey, but, queen. but if that they many do, people showed up to your genuine. house, you would be
1: overwhelmed. Like 30 people (laughs) listening, 30 people, unread DMs. Like people always say like, if that many people show up to your house right now, you would be like, what the heck?
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. But like, you can tell like when sometimes you see like, oh, like they're verified. It's like, and I was asking you the other day, I was like, why aren't you verified? Cause you're like pretty freaking cool. And you're like, I don't want to deal with (laughs) it. Oh my God. It's so (laughs)
1: sketchy. Like I get DMs every day. Like uh, Three hundred dollars, and we can get you a blue tick, and it's like I don't want that. But then on the flip side, Instagram makes it nearly impossible if you want to become a verified, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, media figure or public figure. They say like you need to have like fifteen or so articles written about you that are like, oh on God. under Google News, and it's like, well, I'll eventually get there, but that's a really uh, it's not like a good thing for me to chase right now. I have so many other priorities, but but
0: that actually feeds into success. So like, let's move into that. Yeah. So I love this question because I feel like everyone quantifies and qualifies success differently. And like, what looks like success to me, like might look like different to you. So what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful?
1: Oh my gosh. So I should frame this with, (laughs) Um, I mean, for content creators, like I'm, I'm just thinking about this strictly in my career. I'm not looking at uh, my personal success as a human because um, I'm just really business minded right now, um, just with the pandemic and having to shake up how I do things. Success for content creators to me means building a more scalable business model. I've worked in tech before and everything has to be scalable. Like mm-hmm. you either need to hire more people or grow your income. And for creators, a scalable way to do that is passive income streams or you know, recurring income streams that don't take a lot of work. So for me right now, I'm focused on building out like kind of a boutique marketing agency on the side where micro-influencers and small businesses, solo pr- solopreneurs, excuse me, can uh, buy and download digital resources, like little how-to guides, how to um, revamp your... Um, Instagram strategy, how to monetize as a micro-influencer. And I'm also going to share like free tips on the blog there. I'm already doing that every single week. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, I'm also starting to sell physical products. So I have my digital products through my little marketing agency. And then I'm also selling physical uh, products, including apparel, phone cases, t-shirts, mugs, all that stuff. But it's not merch with my name on it. It's cute, like slogan tees, graphic tees, and like legit designs that people would want to have or wear, even if they don't know me. And that is a side project brand that I'm growing this year too. And that is all like print on demand, very scalable. Uh, It takes a little time to get the hang of it, but like I'm really excited for that new business venture. And just to put a little bow on it, um, I always like live by this quote, like money isn't success, but it's a tool, <laughs> you know, it's a tool <laughs> to earn more. So just everything, you know, time is a resource and money is a resource. And like, that's just kind of everything that I evaluate. Cause I have so many things I want to do, mm-hmm. but like, there's only one of me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I,
1: I think like that goes back to like, you had mentioned like ADHD and like, just you were like, I don't know what, um, Myers-Briggs personality type you are I'm ENFJ I'm also a cancer so I'm like a people pleaser but I'm also like uh, very passionate but also kind of sensitive and emotional sometimes and it's just I want to do everything um, but um, you know success isn't mutually exclusive and I feel like I can also teach people everything I know along the way.
0: Yeah. I have no idea what Myers-Briggs I am. And to my listeners, I'm so sorry. Everyone asks me all the time and I keep saying I'm going to do it, but ADHD. Uh, no, I, uh, I honestly, I have no idea, but I am a Gemini. So I'm very loud and creative and weird and kooky. I'm literally mm-hmm. like Utica, the drag queen. Like that's me in life. Um, and so for, for me, um, something I've had to like teach myself or at least remind myself of, especially with my podcast is like, it's okay to have boundaries, um, it's okay to put those boundaries in place. For instance, right before you and I press record someone who I have an interview with tomorrow, asked me if I could push the timeline to, to please them. And I said, I have an interview directly after you where I'm on a podcast. And I was like, so you need to reschedule if that's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, it's not going to make my, it's not, it's not sad for me if you're not on my podcast. Sorry, buddy. And I know that makes me sound like a bitch, but it's like, no, like I gate, you chose a time. Right. And that time I've now scheduled around you. So if Mm -hmm. that time doesn't work for you, then figure it out. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, they should suggest, you know, alternate solutions.
0: Exactly. I'm like, it's Calendly. If it doesn't work for you, reschedule, buddy. Like it's fine. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this sorry, like I'm calling you out a little bit like that. I get that you also podcast, but like that does not sit well with me. And I used to be like, when I started this, like, so like, oh my God, because you know, this, when you started content, you would just take everything. You just, just, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even comb through it. You would just take everything. Cause you were like, I just want to make sure it goes. I want to make sure it goes like I, this is an opportunity. And then as you go, you realize you have to be more choosy with your time and your space and your things because mm-hmm. you're one of one. Yep. So it, your time becomes money and my time is definitely money now. Right. And so it's like, I've, I've, I've already shut off the amount of interviews I want to do because I'm basically trying to field interviews through me getting to Hawaii, which it will be, I'll be settled in September and I have enough interviews to get myself there. I have like 19 interviews in my hopper right now. So it's like, once I've got them all scheduled to go and I move away, it's on autopilot and then I'll start my second season. The second I get to Hawaii. So I've already done the portfolio of a year. I've already done that. I've already interviewed people. I've already done all those things, but I have to be more choosy with my time and my content and how I create. And, um, some pe- people don't like it when you put those boundaries up. They don't like, yeah, it. they don't like it. And the, the people that don't like it are the ones you don't want. <laughs> like, yeah. because, but, but, but when you're new to it, you're so afraid of that opportunity coming away from you, that mm-hmm. you basically, you like basically lay down and take it. And you're like, it's fine. Like I'll, I'll deal with it. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, I'm not going to deal with it. Sorry. Like I, it's not going to hurt my feelings. If you don't want to interview with me, like at the time that you chose, because I don't have time to, deal with it. Like right. you either interview with me at the time you chose or no, like, that's it. Yeah. It makes me sound like a bitch, but I'm, no. but I'm hearing it from you of like, my time is precious. My time is money. And, um, you know, from the outward appearances, of course, like you do seem successful, but knowing you on a personal level, I know that there's always more to gain and more to achieve. Right. And, um, for me right now, how I qualify my happiness and my success is just being happy. Like right. just waking up and just like liking what I do and enjoying what I do. And I, as soon as it doesn't feel right for me anymore, I think that's when I'll probably change my mind or maybe I'll change my definition. But overall, it's like, I worked 10 years in a career where I hated going to work every single day. And now I wake up and I'm in a positive mood. Right. What does that say? You know. Yeah. And like, for
1: me, like same thing, like at the end of all this, all those things I said before, like success is really just the freedom of working for myself. And yes, waking up excited, loving Mondays. Like I should Mm -hmm. mention that before I was full-time with my blog, I had a career in tech. I was laid off from that career that I loved. Um, And I was like, this is my chance to really lean into what I'm doing. And yes, it's changed a lot and I bust my butt and I work a lot of long hours, but yes, I can take off a Tuesday and go day drink at a winery if I want to. Uh, I wish we could do that together. (laughs) (laughs) So like that to me is priceless, that freedom of being able to create my schedule and uh, figure out what I want to work on and also be agile enough to to switch things up when the landscape or the economy changes.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, I'm so grateful that my husband has always been like foam finger champion of me um, he was always like, why aren't you working for yourself? Like, why aren't you doing what you want to do? Like my husband's always in the background being like, you hate this. What are you doing? And now he's like, oh, you love what you're doing. And I'm happy and proud of you. And I think like, once you can, to my listeners, if you're miserable and you have the opportunity to like explore, explore, but if you are, if you need the position that you're currently in to make ends meet, to make sure you have the essentials, then don't, don't, (laughs) but if you can, and you want to find, or you're scared and you want to make that leap. Like I cannot suggest it enough. I've never looked back. At, um, I think it took me a while to look back at it tastefully and like understand that it happened for a reason. But now I look back and I'm like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, I can't look at it negatively because it was just honestly... I didn't need to be here, you didn't need me, pandemic, it's my chance to figure it out. And now I'm a content, Like I think of myself as a content creator, even though I'm not an influencer, I don't get paid for a lot of the things I do. Um, I think of myself as someone that has something to say and I keep growing legs and growing and growing and it's growing. And I'm proud of myself of course, because a year ago I would have never anticipated this. And now I'm at a point where I can tell someone like, you don't want to interview at the time that you chose, tough cookies. Right. Like, like here's the cancel link, figure it yeah. out, buddy.
1: <laughs> like- yeah. And I think like also if people are thinking about like their exit strategy, or maybe one day they want to work for themselves, like you don't have to model it off of some, what if somebody mm-hmm. else is doing, it like looks different for everyone, you know, Bianca has a podcast. Like I could never take on a podcast. I love, this is my second podcast ever that I've been on. It's awesome. But like I just wouldn't have the bandwidth. Um I have a friend who's like a super duper reseller. She's like the queen of Poshmark. She gets stuff for free on Facebook Marketplace and the buy nothing groups and then she flips them. What? And she makes a full-time <laughs> income off that. So like and then I know you've had um people who do art on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um like if you're crafty at something like start an Etsy shop, start selling stuff on Instagram. Like there's just a million different one ways that you could, I mean, I hate the word, the side hustle, but if you have something you're passionate about on the side, try it out. Um, talk to friends and family, see how you can maybe monetize it. And, you know, you can kind of nurture that over time on your nights and weekends or Mm -hmm. when you have time and, you know, you never know, like when the next pandemic or, you know, once in a lifetime event is going to happen. Right. Uh, and it's, it's kind of cool that we both have found like things that you know, they've been pretty cool opportunities to have on the side.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And to my listeners, of course, like don't quit a job to um, ever go into oh my marketing or anything stupid no. like that. Find something that you're passionate about it, lean into it, think about it. I, I, many of my listeners have reached out to me and been like, I found my calling blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. Go for it, man. Like, <laughs> honestly go for it. And uh, like, like Chelsea said, like you can slowly nurture that and then feel comfortable to leave what you're doing to do what you're, meant to do.
1: Look, Um, and yeah, if it doesn't work out, like you don't have to tell people about it. You tried something and like, (laughs) it's like that paid internship that you did. You didn't really want to do it. You didn't like it. You don't have to do that again.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like we've touched on her so we can say Sasha away. Shantae, you stay. Um, Let's talk about things we're fanatical about. So what is one or a few things you're fanatical about and why?
1: Uh, Okay. So knowing that Bianca is a Disney queen... I said Star Wars. (laughs) I'm a big Star Wars junkie. um, And it's really cliche, right? Like, I'm a girl that likes Star Wars, right? But no, like original trilogy and the prequels, like, oh, I love.
0: (laughs) I, um, unpopular opinion wise, don't understand Star Wars, but I'm here for it through my husband loving it. Um, so I'm kind of a poser, but I do, I love things about Star Wars. I just, I've never ADHD wise been able to like wrap my brain around the trilogy, like the right. whole thing, but I love things about it. And so I don't hate Star Wars. I actually love Galaxy's Edge. I've ridden Rise of the Resistance at Disneyland. Oh my God, I want to go so it's bad. It's the greatest thing you will ever ride in your uh. lifetime. The whole time you're just like a smiles plastered to your face. Ooh, <sighs> Kylo Ren, Ooh, oh, Adam Driver, Mwah. yes, Chef's Kiss. Oh my that God, that seat, that 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 animatronic of him. It's like I would, I would fuck it. I would. <laughs> I literally would. I hope it has a penis. Are these Sorry, attractions <laughs> uh,
1: auto erotic? You know, in uh, Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. So, so, uh, so I am here for it, and I know that people love it, and it's it's a, it's a great story. It's a great storyline. Yeah. I
1: and just, just like what you said. <laughs> you can't get into it. Like that's how I feel about the Marvel universe, right? Like Same. the Iron Man, like the Captain America. Like oh my gosh. I've seen like obviously a few of those movies uh, separate, but like that whole universe, I just can't get into like I
0: don't understand it and Scott (laughs) has commitment so as someone who loves wine Scott has figured out that if he wants to go see a movie because I'm like his best friend in the whole world and my husband doesn't have a lot of friends sorry Scott um he's like if I want to go see a movie that I want to see and I want to take my wife I have to get her fucking sufficiently drunk like right so he'll (laughs) so he'll buy me like a bottle of wine and we'll split it and then like we'll watch a movie this was like pre-pandemic don't come for me and so he took me to see um uh the god I feel like the last Avengers, Avengers movie was one Endgame? Of the last, yeah it was in I think it was in game he I took don't me know to, who knows <laughs> who who knows and he and he pointed to the poster and he was taking a video and he was like tell me who each of these characters are and I was like ball chin to Thanos I was like it's ball chin you know I was like "Rockman." And and I was like flyer like I was just drunk and I was just like, bleh, 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 like just telling like the stupidest like names of these people and he was like this is never he's like you might have said some things that were one slightly racist and too oh horrible. God! And he was like, "So this is never seen the grace of the internet." He was like, "But I'm leaving this in my camera roll forever because it's just gonna crack me up when I'm deployed." Oh and my God! And he, so, um, so yeah, so that is, I've never gotten into it, and I, I understand why Disney's purchased it. Yeah, and I understand like how it's gonna make them money, but I don't understand comic. Yeah, books. like that's not how my brain works. Right. And um, so I, I, I get it, but I don't.
1: I will say, like, with Star <laughs> Wars, like, I, um, after the the three most recent movies like i love the force awakens but the other two you know it, you know they kind of wrapped up that whole saga i've really gotten into star trek in the interim Ooh, so i've yeah. been obsessed with next generation i watched that start to finish on netflix for the last 2 years and i just got to say like star trek really is the superior like sci-fi universe <laughs> like the, okay. the show and the casting and the storylines everything was so ahead of its time like there are like non-binary aliens and love yep. triangles mm-hmm. and like, uh, stories about, um, you know, ethics and work-life balance and work conflicts and euthanasia and, uh, oh my God, like, uh, racial conflict and species conflict. It just... Star Trek, Star Trek is way superior. Like, so that kind
0: all. of like lends into unpopular opinions. So, uh, what is, so let's just talk about it. Cause that's probably unpopular for some people. But I don't care. You can say what you want. Yeah, it's my, it's my podcast. It doesn't hurt anyone. What is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why?
1: Oh, okay. Well, just like to flip everything. I just was thinking about food and I, well, I was, tell people that um, when they're like, we're going out or cooking, like the whole banana bread thing, like, I hate (laughs) bananas. Like, so when banana bread was a phase of the pandemic and quarantine, like, bananas have always tasted like, like decaying rotten fruit to me. (laughs) And you cannot tell me otherwise, like, oh, the texture, the taste.
0: Seth Dolan, who is a dear friend of mine who I met through Charlie Hyde's drag isolation bingo. That was his unpopular opinion. He is a podcast guest to my listeners. You can figure it out and find that episode. And he will say the same dang thing. He is like, if he, if, if there's a hint of a banana, he will, he will like flip a table.
1: Oh God, I can't, so you and yeah. him We're, would connect we'll be and be best
0: friends. No, truly. And, uh, that's funny because I've actually never thought about that. And, uh, like I've, I've, I think cantaloupe is just a piece of shit. I don't like it. <laughs> and it's always bringing its fucking cousin plus one to the party, which I, I always steal this joke from Bojack Horseman. And I always quote Bojack Horseman on it. <laughs> it's like, why are they bringing honeydew? And I had one guest say, oh, well, honeydew is not that bad. It's like, I, in general, don't really eat a whole lot of fruit. <laughs> so bananas like I'm I'm not here or not like I'm not here or you know there for yeah. them I'm just kind of like eh whatever could you agree
1: though though it's kind of like a filler it, fruit like if you're having a smoothie or like an acai always, bowl you
0: always add the banana in there like what why is always the banana no, the one you put I, in there it's
1: like, I no. sub for mango sub for avocado there's right. other fruits that you can use to get that creamy texture and the thickness um I I freaking love fruit like when I go to a tropical place, like I am at the fruit stand every day, I'm buying that Love coconut. It. When I went to Hawaii two years ago, we went actually on a family trip to spread my dad's ashes in his favorite place in Hawaii. And we actually drove like two cities over to get uh, a coconut from this fruit stand. I literally hung on to that coconut for like three days as an Instagram prop. People were stopping me on the beach. Like, where'd you get that coconut water? I was like, "Oh." Uh.
0: You're like, i've this, had
1: this this is, this is empty yeah this, this is empty. fake <laughs> it was so embarrassing
0: where is your where is your dad's favorite place on uh, which island
1: um kawaii poipu Aww. um there's like this uh right by poipu beach there's like this blowhole and we chartered a boat and they actually took us out and they gave us like the coordinates like right where we dropped it and it was just like a a beautiful moment so like if you ever have That's the opportunity so to do that to fulfill somebody's Last wish. Take them to the, the place they love the most.
0: I want my ashes thrown off of the waterfall at Casa Bonita. So...
1: Ooh, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: they almost were shut for 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 good. And I was like, oh no, I have to rewrite my will. I don't even have it written, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, that's so beautiful. And then like when I'm in Hawaii, obviously you can come visit me anytime. Oh, yeah. I'll be on Oahu, um, for three years to my listeners. You're not invited. Uh, but, uh, my guests are always invited. Um, so we're kind of wrapping up and this has been just so cathartic and lovely. Cause you and I have never really had the chance to speak. Like we know each other, but we don't know each other. It's like I, you listen to my podcast. I listen to your content and it's been a, such a beautiful conversation. So I'm going to ask this question, which I don't normally ask, but what's currently making you happy in the world?
1: Oh, okay. So I um, had some time to think about this. And the first thing that came to mind was just since the pandemic, like we all have this crazy shared life experience now. And I feel like overall people are just a lot more empathetic um, of other people's circumstances. So like whether that's um, the everyday struggles and sacrifices of small businesses, I feel like people are just so much more supportive, like to support um, small businesses or BIPOC owned businesses, like people are showing up. Um, And we have to keep up the momentum with this because otherwise it feels like pandering. So Mm -hmm. let's just like, keep up this positivity and um, togetherness that we've kind of found in this time of peril
0: I, I absolutely agree with that. And also like on to go with that a little bit, I, I feel like, um, there was a point where people were like, just not wanting to be virtual anymore, like not wanting to have community anymore. And so I've really had to dig for those virtual experiences and, and like what I, what I want to see around. Cause like there was a time where I just didn't trust enough to like go out and do things. Cause I was like, I'm one of one, if I get sick, like what's going to happen to me. Um, and so I, I love that we are coming together for small businesses we are learning things we can do to like better our communities. Like that's what makes me happy as well. So I love that you're echoing that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just love that. Um, and I want to thank you again for like taking the time to be on my podcast. I mean, it's an honor cause you were one of my first supporters and like, it just means a lot to me. It's like coming full circle a year into it. But, um, I now like to give my guests the uh, honor and the floor to promote whatever they'd like to promote. So what would you like to promote?
1: Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Um, You guys can find me anywhere on social media. I'm going to promote myself, obviously. Um, But I'm here, obviously, also to be a resource to other content creators or solopreneurs, small businesses that maybe just need to help in getting their social media marketing game on point. So you can find me at my blog, ChelseaPearl.com, Chelsea Pearl across all social media. If you're interested in the business side of things, you want to work with me, you want to get some of my downloadable resources and eBooks, that's going to be on hellapr.com, which is actually going to be relaunched at the end of this month. So I'm giving it a facelift at the moment. <laughs> uh, finally, oh, one blessing, uh, my merch. I am now selling uh, wine slogan tees. It is uh, on Amazon, on Prime, free shipping, free returns. Just search Sonoma Wine Swag and you'll find me.
0: Awesome. And you're at sonoma.wine on Instagram. Uh-huh. That's and a new little thing. Amazing. And to my listeners, of course, always, you know, this, it's always going to be in the description of the podcast so you can connect with Chelsea. She's awesome. She's a great resource. She's a beautiful human inside and out. And I'm just so honored and blessed that you're a part of my life. And I just sent you a friend request on Facebook. FYI. Hey. <laughs> so now we're real life friends. I'll send you a text after this as well. So you have my number, but of course to my listeners, you know, and Chelsea, thank you so much. Like it's truly an honor to have you um, on the podcast and to my listeners, of course, this is, of course, please don't kick me out the podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, you want to connect with Chelsea, you know, find her in the description as I always put that in there. And if you would be so kind to my listeners, please rate me on Apple podcasts. Give me a five. If you like me and share it with a friend, if you like what you hear and obviously reach out to Chelsea, uh, and get in touch if it's resonated with you. Um, and again, Chelsea, thank you so much. And I'm just so happy to like have talked to you. It was like a blessing.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And like you work so hard on this podcast and I'm just so happy to see it growing and thriving and just- Yeah. Let's keep up this momentum. Tell your friends, share the podcast. Um, And if you're a blogger listening, Spotify has a really cool widget for your blog. You can just drop a Spotify link to the podcast. Please don't kick me out. And it will embed like a playable widget on your blog. It's amazing.
0: Yes. I would be so honored. Okay, Chelsea, I have to let you go, but I want to say thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.
1: You too, love. Thanks guys. Take care. Bye.
0: pep.com and you can enter p d k m o at checkout to receive 15% off your order